Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. Today we have Amelia Emily Aguirre as our guest. Emily is a fellow UCSB gaucho and was part of our college squad, Hermanas Unidas. And I know we've talked about Hermanas Unidas a lot on the show, so you know you're already in for a good time. We invited Emily to talk about her career and the challenges she faced in becoming a mother. Thank you, Emily, for being here and for agreeing to share your story with us and with our audience. So welcome. We're excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so nervous, but I will try to do my best. <laughs> no, no, no. Aquí estamos entre amigas. No te preocupes. You know, like con confianza aquí estamos. So anyway, before we get started talking about your work and journey, tell us a bit about your background, your upbringing, where were you born, all that good stuff. So I was born and raised in South Los Angeles, and actually my my childhood home is uh, three blocks away from my current teaching position, so very close by. Oh, okay. Emily was my roommate in college, freshman and sophomore year, and uh, it's funny because I I recall, Emily, like how from day one, even from step, I want to say, how from day one, you knew that you wanted to become a teacher and you did. So tell us a bit about your journey in becoming a teacher and how that was for you. Sí, I'm all excited about that. I, yo pensé que me iban a invitar a hablar de eso, ¿no? De ser maestra. Ay, no es cierto. Este, I've always, always, I think um, I knew I wanted to be a teacher from very early on in, in my educational career path. Um, I wanted to go back, empower my community. As an LAUSD student, I saw the educational inequities that exist even within our own district. So it's hard, you know, being a child and not understanding why some people have so much abundance and some people don't. So I saw teachers and I had my own teachers on opposite side of the spectrum. So I had teachers that would tell me, you're going to be a statistic. Why am I going to teach you? Mm. You're going to get pregnant. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other side of the spectrum, the teachers that really did believe in me, uh, the one that had my parents sign a paper, they had no idea what they were signing, but they signed it because they trusted her. And that's how I got to go to the Valley. And now we're away uh, from home. Yeah. Um, but they trusted her enough because she believed in me so much that they signed those documents. And funny, full circle, Miss Fujita was my first grade teacher. She's the one that got them to sign the papers. When I wrote the plan for this school that I'm in, she came to be the mentor of the new principal that was here. And I got wow. to reconnect with her. Wow, cool. full circle. Oh, cool. yeah. That is so cool. And I remember telling her, Miss Fujita, do you understand the impact that you had? in my life and she oh my god like we were like crying she was already retired but yo yeah you know like it means a lot when someone tells you that like that little thing yeah you know como niña you know se acuerda de esos um you know th- those characters in our lives that that were you know important that taught us that you know like you said because there was teachers that you know eh, whatever they were just doing their job and you know getting on with their day but then there was teachers that really connected with you and made sure that you understood and that you were going to succeed. I remember I had a teacher 
that made sure that I was in, in the correct classes because like the kindergarten teacher was saying like, oh, pues no sabe inglés and she has to be in ESL. And she was like, no, or I had to be held back or something. I remember that like in kindergarten and the other teacher stepped in and said, no, she's, you know, up to par with her, you know, the academics. So she's going to move on along. And so siempre se acuerda uno de esas cosas. Um, and so for you, how, I know it's been a long journey. How long have you been teaching? So, wow, este, es que ya estamos, Lucas, ¿eh? We're all turning for, we're all for. <laughs> hey, hey, for turning, 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 uh, turning, todavía no. no. Dije, dije, turning, pero, already, 40, pero, I'm 40, so let me, I'm proud Yeah, let me tell you, cuarentona let me tell you. So, cuarentona y buenona. Ándale, I was going to say, the new deporte. hashtag is cuarentona y buenona. So, y buenona. Todas we're las using it. <laughs> so I've been in the district for 16 years. You know, I mean, I already had my path. I had my goals. I'm all about planning, making goals. So as soon as I came out of UCSB, Gauchos, got into Teach for America. I was placed in a classroom as soon as I left UCSB. And I've been working here ever since. That's cool. You're totally the box checker. I think that's why we connected and in step we're like, yo, we're going to be roommates. That's how you girls like <laughs> maybe me like that? mesh so I, I don't know, well. I remember, but I remember instead we were like, oh, no, si, si, limpia. No, y está limpia. Y me sabe limpia. <laughs> no, no, no. Si, let's be roommates. Let's go tell yeah. them in the office. <laughs> It was, I know we went to go tell them in the office. It was step and we were having like lunch in the dining commons, probably like the first week of step. It was two weeks, I think, step. I think it was. And we we're like, yeah. And so we went to go tell them like, hey, we want to be roommates. And, you know, that's how that that's how I came to be. So, Emily, uh, what's your favorite thing about being a teacher? So I thought about this a lot. And I think for me, it's building relationships. So very concrete Different people come to mind. So like Justin S, I can't say their last name, but he's currently an active Marine. He was with me in kinder. I've always done kinder. Daniel N, whose mom called me when he was in middle school and having problems and was like, I need you to reach out to him. Um, um, Kenneth B, who came to tell me, Miss Aguirre, I got into UCI. I need you to know, porque sus papás no creían que él iba a hacer o seguir a hacer algo. Um, so I think for me, it's really knowing that I'm making a direct impact in their educational paths. So instilling a love of learning. That's my favorite thing about being a teacher. Oh, I love that. So I'm la piel chinita, like that they're coming back to you and it's like, wow, you know, se acuerdan de ti, tienen la conexión y la confianza de regresar contigo and like just seek guidance. I love that. Sí, and then me hacen sentir muy viejita, pero I'm like, I'm so glad you remember me. Yeah. Cuarentona y buenona, remember. Cuarentona y buenona. With no teeth. Oh, gracias. Bien Coco, bien Coco acá, Emily. That's what she thinks she is, bien Coco. No, no, tampoco. It's so trippy. You mentioned right now a couple of your students, and they all happen to be male, right? Mm-hmm. The ones you just mentioned. How is it being a teacher to young little, like to little girls? Like, you know, I know you're a mom of, you have a girl, a daughter, Areli, we can say her name. We won't say her last name. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but like, what is it like teaching little girls? Little girls are really chatty. They're very outgoing now. Uh, and I love that. I think, you know, we need to foster that. And so when I see that they're chatty, I'm like, okay, then you're going to present this on this topic. <laughs> And here's your rubric and let's practice. And they do. Oh my God. You don't understand. Like they want to be like the lead of everything because they want to be in that leader position. And I think it's great. They're not shy. That's that is cool. So cool. 
Yeah, I mean, we. I think we all have daughters, right? Irene has um, una niña, Cecitos dos. I have one daughter, so, and, and you have one as well. So Emily, Ceci was saying, like, remembering, like, things about you. I just remember you being one of the most, like, raw and candid people that I had ever met in my life. Like, no beating around the bush. There's no BS with Emily. It's like... Who you see is what you get. And you've always been that way. And I'm very impressed. You were always so willing to share who you were and seeing pena, sin vergüenza, and just more of like, look, understand me. Like, this is where I'm coming from. And this is how I am. And I'm not going to BS you. And I've always loved that about you. And, and there's, I feel that the kind of person that you are, hard for a lot of other people to like understand, to embrace. Like it's just because we think like, oh, it's, it's, she's a little too too much, you know, you could say. But I think being too much is okay. Those aren't the right words to describe you, but you've always just been so candid, very raw, very just like, this is who I am. And I've always really um, loved that about you. I admire that about you now as well. When we were catching up before the recording and you were talking about laundry and your husband and going to Target. And I thought, I love that about her. I love that you always get honesty from her. I think it's so important. And I think in our community as Latinas, it's always kind of keep it in your house, what you're really thinking, but out there act a certain way. Like all of us go into this box to act a certain way. And somehow in the way that you were raised, there's no need for that. Just be who you are. I always felt that you were someone who was who they are, which I love. The rest of us, I think, mask it better. So it's not even like what Vero is saying about being candid. You're just being you, whatever that you is. It just felt like you were refreshingly you while everybody else is trying to be something to fit into. At least that's what I felt like in college. In college, so many people, I felt like I didn't really know them until years later. But you as someone that I felt was always really honest then and clearly still now. I feel like that came out when I went to college because when I was growing up, I was in that box. I did have to pretend a lot. And so being away and being on my own, I was like, let me, like, let me run with this and let Good me just you. say what I want to say and not be boxed in. You're authentic desde entonces, authentic. It's like we got a, a second chance, right? Like we're, we're going into college. We're, like we all, we're all first generation, the first women, you know, in our families to go and graduate. So it was kind of like a, it was refreshing to be like, okay, I'm going to just put myself out there and hopefully the world just embraces me. And some of us were like a little, always labeled a little too much or didn't understand. But I love that we got that chance to just be who we were. And the fact that we were all just taken away, like transplanted from one, uprooted from one little area and put all together, like we had all of our journeys kind of just come together. It allowed for us to like mesh and share and, and open up a lot faster than how we did with our friends growing up, you know, because there was always like, they know me my whole life. What are they going to say? Because I've changed my, my, <laughs> my mind on something, you know? So it was more like, here I am. This is what you get. So I loved it. Um, Thank you. We're going to change things up a little bit. I see you with your daughter. I see the way you are with your students. It is something that I'm like, this girl really has a dedication to being the best at what she does. So I really admire you. Now, you have dedicated 16 years of your life to being a teacher and educator. And I know when we go so hard into what our careers are, a lot of our personal life gets kind of put on hold, right? And then time just kind of flies by. And we reach a point where we're like, where am I? Where am I? And where do I want to be, right? Um, I feel that um, in the sense of motherhood, you know, we, it kind of just like, got, it just came about. Like it was one of those things, well, I think it's going to happen sometime if I want it to happen. When do I want it to happen? Because I'm already, you know, 30 something and, and I had not thought about it before. I thought about it before, but even though I'm a planner, it's not happening. <laughs> so 
for me, for example, like a year and a half before I had Gali, not even thinking I was going to be having her, I went to get, me fue sobar. Me fue sobar con mi friend Alba. You know, I had told her I had been having some issues and she's like, oh, come over. The sobadora's coming over later and she can take care of you. And I remember her doing, me estaba sobando and then she went over like my uterus area. And then she goes, ¿Qué oh. te dijo? Tienes la matriz baja. No way. Ojalá fuera eso. Me dijo, oye, ¿qué piensas? ¿Quieres ser mamá o no way? You know, kind of like one of those, like, oh, like, have you, you know, oh, do you want to be a mom? And I was like, I think so one day. And she goes, oh, something about like, well, if you want to, you should really think about it. And um, because I feel that your time's passing, kind of like that. And I was like, oh, what? La sé, pero sí, pero piénsalo bien. Like, it's not for everyone. I'm not saying that you need to be a mom, but, you know, like, piénsalo bien. And, and if it's something that you want to do, you should, you know, start planning, right? And I was like, okay. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, right. I don't have to think about that. Like, esa señora que sabe just putting her hands over me, right? So within that year and a half, I was like, well, what if she's right? And I was single, right? And all that good stuff. <laughs> but I, there's a point to all of this. So... I started thinking like, okay, do I want to be a mom? Yes or no. And I started journaling and just thinking about it and having these conversations with myself, like these really intimate conversations since I was single. I was like, okay, well, um, I'm dating. I'm seeing a different people and like, you know, all this stuff of if I were to become pregnant, am I ready for that? And I was having those conversations. So I was like 33 going on 34 right around that time. And I was just like, yeah, you know, maybe it's not for me. Maybe, you know, I, I don't want to rush into this. And if I'm not a mom, it's okay. So I, I was at that point where I was like, I'm okay with that. But like with, um, in your situation, you know, you had been focused for so long. Had there been a moment that you stopped and you were like, hey, you know what? I think maybe I should start thinking about this. And I know you shared that with me before um, and how things have happened. But like, did any of this dedication to your work present challenges in your personal life? And if so, like, how and then how did you start even thinking about you know possibly wanting a family and marriage and all that good stuff so first let me say that the first few years of me starting my career i was all in i was like 120 percent. there was no time for like personal social nada because everything like trying to get my master's my credential making sure um that you know, all that your ducks are in row and you can move up the ladder, as they say, right? Um, I didn't have time for even myself. But then my mentors, right, were like, no, you need to set boundaries. You need to stop working that much. That's not healthy. Um, so I didn't think I wanted kids so early because, to be honest with you, teaching sometimes is like a... <laughs> It's a good uh, birth control method. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, because I had 24 babies. Uh, I didn't need any more. <laughs> I was good. I hear uh, you. Kindergarten it, teacher. Reminder. Kindergarten teacher. Yeah. And it's kids are tough. Kids are tough. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have that uh, added. Like, do I, do I have that energy? Like, to go home y, y otra vez, like, to be on, like, that much. Um, so I didn't really start thinking about having children until my doctor brought it up. So I had a, a doctor um, at Kaiser. She was great. She was my doctor since we were in college, like, at, at UCSB. So she had been my, my doctor for a very long time. And I remember when I 
turn 30. So the first three, 30, 33, right? I see. Um, when I would go for my checkups, she started telling me, do you realize that your chances of being pregnant are going to diminish this much when you turn 35? And I, and I was, and I would listen to her and, and I, at first I would just kind of hear it and it would go out the other year. But then I really started to hear it because then she got really serious the, like the next year. And she's like, you need to really think about whether or not you want to do this. So when she mentioned that, I was like, yeah, so I'm a planner, like you said. So then I had to, then I thought, okay, I'm ready, but I don't have a man. Let me plan that out. So I had to join dating science and then I made it a point <laughs> to meet new people at least three a week okay that's a good number it's good yeah so I had goals I, I love like, the plan I that go, you would lay out I love the three plan. dates a week and I did three dates a week for like a year and a half yo no sé cuánto duré hasta que ya me llegó mi media naranja oh oh see, I had I had a goal I was like I need to find a man right um yeah so once I had him, then um, then I was ready, or I thought I was ready. Y yo pensé que iba a pasar así, like everybody else. Pero, pero no, unfortunately, it was, my body was just not, so we went all the, like, the, the natural way first, right? Like, let's just do it all the time, right? Like the normal, let's do it all the time at it. That didn't work. So then I went the scientific method, right? So the ovulation tests, like, let me take them, but I never got a happy face. Then months later, it was like the religious route, right? So like, que prendas la vela, mija, y vea la iglesia, llévale flores a la virgen. <laughs> so Catholic. <laughs> Walk backwards to so the Catholic. altar, you know, and, and on your Volte, knees. Yeah. Volte al santo de cabeza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That my tías would tell me, that other people would tell me, right? Um... Yeah, uh, that didn't work. Uh, then the test. So like, ten, te voy a hacer este té de algo. Blah, blah. <laughs> no. Uh, then the sobadora, which... Todo. Dijo, okay. Todo. La matriz todo. Baja. todo. Uh, déjate la subo. Yeah. <laughs> which, I don't know. ¿Me vas a subir I, qué? <laughs> I, I never understood that. Pero anyway, nothing helped. So my doctor, since she was great, she um she was like, no. You haven't been actively not trying to get pregnant, so that's a problem. We're going to refer you. That process of like all the cultural and family recommendations and all the things that you went through in the religious calendar, how long was it from that point till when your doctor was like, okay, we need, I'm going to refer you? How long was that trial period? Um, I would say it was, it was a, like a year. That I was like trying to do different things, you know, like, because they always también te dicen, oh, don't think about it. You have to relax. Just be mm. calm. Relájate. Por eso no está pasando. Yeah, everyone, you always see these stories that you hear. And then we stop trying and then we got pregnant. Like you hear all those stories. It makes you mm. feel like, am I overthinking it? Am I doing something? But I often hear people say, and then we stop trying and we got the surprise. They make it sound so easy. So you're probably trying not to be stressed, thinking it's counterproductive, but it's also not happening. So it's like, when do I worry? Like, when do right. I get referred legitimately? Right. And um, and then after that, then I did start my experience. And, and, and my story is just like one experience, how I felt, how I went through it. Because everyone's experience, even colleagues, friends that I have here at work, they went through their own journey, their own experiences. So after all of that, 
And I told my doctor, she was like, no, I'm referring you right away. She referred me to a specialist like November 2016. And I started, I met Nicolás in 2014. Oh, okay. So it had been, yeah, ya pasaba un año y medio, dos años. Yeah, ya era mucho tiempo. Um, when I started that, they first, well, first of all, I needed to know that I was financially ready to start that process because it's expensive to see infertility specialists and I had to investigate my insurance and they would only cover 50% of mm -hmm. the costs, which is not a lot. So I had to make another plan, financial plan. Like, do I really want this? And yes, I did. Mm -hmm. So I did wow. start making another plan. Um, I started going to the visits in November 2016. First, they had to uncover, like, what is the underlying issue? Like, why aren't you getting pregnant? So they had to start doing a lot of tests. The first test determined that I had PCOS. So I don't know if you've heard of that, like polycystic ovary syndrome, which it says here. It's a hormonal disorder causing enlarged ovaries with small cysts on the outer edges. Um, many women, it looks very different, um, but that was like the first thing that they told me that I had. So then they were like, we need more tests. Y todo eso es carísimo, eh? So I was mm -hmm. like, okay. Uh, and very uncomfortable. So the next test uh, was an HSG test. It's a really long name, hysteropingogram test. I don't even know how to pronounce that, but easy H sg test which basically is like an x-ray of your fallopian tubes they have to inject a liquid dye into your uterus that through your service in the vagina they let go this liquid dye they x-ray and they want to know if your tubes are blocked because that might be the issue so they did that then they did a hysteroscopy <laughs> which is like another type of test to see cómo está funcionando basically todo por allá, ¿no? Um, y luego te dicen antes de ir, oh, don't be nervous. We're not going to put you to sleep. We're not giving you any numbing, anything. But make sure you take um, Advil and you might bleed after and you might feel cramping during the procedure. You're like, <laughs> um, so you mean a bottle of tequila and some <laughs> no, Oh, and, and no one could go in there with me because... You're under an x-ray machine, a giant x-ray um. machine. So I had to go. So you know, like, I don't know, suck myself up and just be like, okay, let me just go do it because I really want to make sure if everything is working. We did that. Basically, the diagnosis at all, after all that was that I had a novelatory associated infertility. So I do not ovulate. Mm. So I have follicles, like eggs, right? But I don't ovulate. So because of that, then they had to start giving me like medication to like start the whole process of like the first cycle, they call it. So what they need to do first. So what they did is first they started checking my ovaries or follicles because they needed to see if they were the right size, um, how many were in there. Did I have enough? Was I not making enough? Like what was going on? Once they determined that um, I had enough follicles, they were healthy, and they could be released. Then they gave me what's called the trigger shot. So it's an overdraw injection. 
that I had to give myself, which I have a phobia oh. of needles. A phobia of needles. Y ese día no, no estaba Nicolás. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and it had to be timed at a specific time frame because then I had to go in the next day to get uh, inseminated. So I had to do the trigger shot. The next day, he had to go um, give his sample before me so that it can be washed and prepped. Mm. You know, the best ones. Um, how romantic, how romantic the whole mm, process. Mm, girl, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I went in. This, mind you, this was already um, March of the next year. So, like, March... 2017. 2017. Yeah. Yeah, because we started in November. Yeah. So, March 2017, I, boy, I gave myself the trigger shot. The next day, I went in. Um, before they inseminate, I, I checked like four times. <laughs> Let me see the name on that specimen. <laughs> Let me see the name again. <laughs> yeah. Nico, wow. <laughs> Nico, wow. Nico, what? The, the doctor came in, three nurses came in. We all had to check, make sure that it was the right. Well, cause you know, movies about this. Um, yeah. Once we determined that it was his, uh, specimen, then, um, they looked, I was ready, they did inseminate, and then after that, I, a few weeks later, they knew, or I knew, I was told that I was pregnant, and I was like, oh my god. Oh, um, wow. So that was a really happy day, I remember being here in school, and my friends here at school, um, they were just like, oh my god, they were like really happy for me, because um, it was hard. It was hard. Even getting to those. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I'm emotional. But even yeah, getting. Yeah. Suéltalo. Yeah, suéltalo. Um, getting to the appointments was even very challenging because the specialists, I mean, ellos tienen su especialidad. Ellos se van temprano. By three, he was gone. So all of his appointments were always at 2 p.m. I My school day ends after 2. It's usually about 2.30. So I, ha I had a really good relationship with the principal that was here at the time. And luckily, every time I had to go to one of those appointments, she would come in and cover my class herself. I so love that. I that. Could that's a beautiful Yeah, leadership. that's awesome. That's, that's teamwork awesome. right there. That's yeah. so wonderful. And, um, and she did that so they wouldn't um, dock my pay for the day or I wouldn't have to take a half day. Um, so Freaking fantastic. Yeah. And luckily, me acuerdo que... Because, you know, I was older and, and all these challenges, um, they wanted to do the prueba que si van a tener síndrome down and telling me, oh, let's do that. We need to do that. Be it's uh -huh. also because my ovaries were not right, healthy enough or I don't know. Uh, and I remember, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it because... I'm not a very religious person. I think all of you girls know that. I'm spiritual. I do believe que hay algo más grande que yo. I do. Este, pero de que yo vaya a la iglesia y eso no. Pero I, pero I remember, like, es, en ese tiempo, like, every day, like, just talking to Diosito y pidiéndole, like, just make sure que all I want is a healthy baby. That's all I want. So I'm like, si me lo dio, aunque tenga como esté, lo, no importa, va a ser mío. So I didn't do it. I waited until sí. 20 weeks. And that's when mm -hmm. I found out that I was going to be a girl. And I mm -hmm. went, oh, yes, because I always wanted to have a girl. 
That is so cute. Thank you. Thank you for sharing so openly. So with women and whoever's listening to our, our podcast today, um, this conversation was going to be very open. We wanted to have Emily to really talk about her experience as like being a, you know, being a teacher and an educator, but also her experience as a, as, as a first generation, like Mexican American woman. That's really, you know, like we're all expected, right. To be like, Oh, but it is, it is Mexicana. You, you get pregnant by touching hands or looking at someone. And it's like, you know, that's not the story for all of us. And we just, how we don't talk about the process of motherhood and we don't talk about all these little aspects of what it is it takes, you know, after you have your child and all of these things, like we don't really talk about it a lot. Then there's a part of us that are having a hard time having kids and we're constantly being asked, ¿Y cuándo? ¿Y cuándo? ¿Y cuándo? Y el estrés and, and this pressure, right? To perform for the family and to like, oh, well, you know what? I guess tomorrow then, you know, since you keep asking. But we don't talk about the part of like, it's challenging because not everyone has a smooth process. So when, when we face that situation, like in your case, we feel like there's gotta be, there's something wrong, something's wrong, but we don't take the time to really look into things beforehand. Like you mentioned that you weren't ovulating. Did you notice you had irregular periods? Did you notice like things like that beforehand? So this is what I learned because I mean, who knows who learns about their period? I don't, right. I don't know. My mom never talked about period. So what I learned is, because a lot of people ask me, how did you not know that you don't ovulate? Uh, but when we have our period, the reason why we bleed is because the lining comes down. Not, it doesn't have to do anything with your huevo coming down. Like you don't see if your egg comes down or not to implant. That's not what's coming out. It's mm -hmm. the lining. So because I knew I had irregular periods, so they associated that with the PCOS. I just, I didn't know that I, that I didn't ovulate. I kind of had an idea when I started doing the scientific route and started trying to take the, the test with the happy face, like when it was time. Ah, uh, mira, there and, you go. And you I never, never got, got a happy, happy face. <laughs> then you knew something, something has to be off yeah. because that's right? the trigger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, there's, there's something off there. For a, a women out there, like if you... Maybe you're not thinking about being a mom right now, but it's always good to be in tune with your bodies, right? So like pay attention to, to, to little things and even, you know, just to know, because let's say you don't want to be a mom, that's totally fine. But if you do, like there's the, like, you know, take these preventive measures. Like, you know how we, I, you just mentioned that Emily right now, like my mom didn't talk to me about my period. Like whose mom does, you know, just say, you know, no comas huevo or no hagas esto. No my mom would tell me no comas huevo porque no te hace bien cuando estás en tu regla. A mí me decía no comas limón porque ah, cuando estés corta. en tus días, ya yeah, no, no comas limón. No te mojes. descalza. No te mojes descalza. No te mojes. All these things. I was like, okay, but like, why? Tell me why, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? I wanted to have another one. My, my whole... I mean, I dreamed of having one, right? So she's like my one. But I, but I'm always like, I, but I want her to have a friend. Like I want her to have a partner, a sibling, someone that she's like, I'm really close to my brother. I want her to have that, that experience. But then financially, in my plan that, that it doesn't fit in my plan right now. Um, and then my body, and I think, Beto, I, I told you this. So two years ago when, when Areli, Areli was, like a year and a half uh my body did get pregnant so I was ecstatic I was like oh my god it was a miracle and I was pregnant según, right but it, six weeks into it I started bleeding and I hadn't had a first appointment because you know they won't give you the first appointment until like 10 or 12 weeks 
so I went in because I was bleeding and they checked. They're like, don't worry, we'll see what's going on. So they looked and it was just the empty sack. Like no, no había nada. So I did go through like a miscarriage and, and then I thought, well, no, why am I going to be sad? Yo quería mi niña y a mi niña la tengo. And that's okay. After COVID, I think that my feeling is that we're blessed to have Areli. And then I had even more time with her. You know, like yeah. once I had her, um, yeah. I was with her for eight months. And then I went back to work. And then COVID happened. And then I was able to teach her so much because I was there. I was like a private tutor, you know. La niña ya oh, my God. Bien. Emily, yes. Like she's on it. Um <laughs> Baby like Jimmy's over here. <laughs> she's smarter than the three of us combined. Uh, she's, she's taking calculus right now. <laughs> Which I never Dude, she was having Areli like spell out her name. Like Emily brought over this little cool little gift bag for Gali and she made this uh, laminated thing with Galilea's name on it and it's in like different colors so she can learn her colors and the letters of her name and how to organize the letters. And Areli was already doing this, like, bang, 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 spelling out her name. And I was like, oh, my God, Emily, pues Galilea, pues aquí, a ver cómo le va con eso. And Areli and, and Galilea, they're about, what, like, a couple months, they're, like, eight months apart. She's, or sí, no, Gali's menos, older. ¿verdad? Galilea's a little older than Areli. Uh, a few but months, was, porque Galilea's October. That's you know? true. Sí. Y Areli is December. Oh, they're very little. Oh, they yeah. were, like, homegirls. They were homegirls at the little gym, like, eran, like, Siempre, like they were, they would get, you know, mm -hmm. get down at the little gym. Mm -hmm. But Emily was really like putting this time and effort into like really making sure her daughter's like, you know. Oye, pues ya que no podíamos salir a ningún lado. ¿Crees? <laughs> I don't know. Were you going crazy? Were you girls going crazy? I mean, I was going crazy. I didn't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I've never gone to the grocery store more in totally. my life. <laughs> like, totally. Lo único que había, like, sí. I'm going to the grocery store again. I think we need rice. It was a really interesting. We need time. one grain of rice. Emily, We're missing. I like. I thought Emily was productive and like educated her daughter. I was like, I'm gonna go buy rice roni. <laughs> Different priorities here. <laughs> um, no, but I thought um, I really enjoyed having that time, and I've heard you say that, Tessie, like having that time to be with your girls. And for me, it was it wasn't like by choice, but I I think it just it happened to come along at the right time. And and it was great because now like she loves Halloween like her mama. Yo no sé de dónde agarró eso, pero she loves Halloween. She's like really funny. She's she's always like yeah, she's really loving. And I'm not. I think um, Ceci, you might remember. I'm not a touchy like you know. I'm not. Yeah. Pero, yeah. Pero pero con mi niña like. Con mi niña, no, like I am, hasta mi tía me dice, wow, yo te veo muy diferente con la niña. And, and I'm like, well, because I prayed for her for so Pero long. That, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also, you know, the way we were raised. Yo también yo siento como que no era cariñosa antes, pero con ella sí. Because, you know, like, because yo de ahora de grande, like, de que, de que digas, like, oh, soy cariñosa con mi mamá, no, porque no sé, no, no me... I mean, I wasn't brought up like that. And so con ellas, I'm like, I want to change that, you know? Sí, entonces uh, con ella, I'm always like, no, like she has to get at least the 10 hugs or more a day. You know, there's that research. Let me hug her. Oh my God, Otto and I had done that. I'm like, okay, 10 hugs. And even with, for him and I, we're like, did we even, did I even hug you today? But yes, I hear you, girl. 
Yes. So no, con ella, I, I just, um, I see the relationships that my friends have. Um, even when I hear you girls talk about your moms and the relationship you have with your moms, I didn't have that. So my thing is like, I want to be, and I want to have that relationship with my daughter. Like, let me start a new cycle. Yo quiero que otra gente, cuando yo ya no esté, y que ella diga, no, I had the best mom. That's what I want. Qué bonita, Mali. You know, it's interesting que, you know, anybody listening to this, whether you've had the challenges or not, if you want to be a parent, if you don't, if you are a parent now, like you're giving us gems for everybody, like for everybody, for all of us. We have to be present and there and change those cycles and make the best of it. Like you seem to have a perspective that some of us might be missing and all distracted and not present, but you have the perspective of being there for your daughter and being with her and making the best of your time with your daughter. And it's not too late for someone who's listening right now, maybe feeling guilty, maybe feeling not grateful, maybe feeling overwhelmed by motherhood. Listen to Emily's words. Like that's the tip of the day that it could have been very different. It could be very different. So you have the blessings that you have and they look the way they look. And if it's one child or 10 children, or today happens to be miscarriage awareness day. We talked about that earlier off the air. And some people are sharing the story today that it hasn't worked out for them yet, that they've tried this two or three times, that their child would be nine months right now or four months right now. Like we see you, we hear you, and we are so hopeful for you. And we love Emily's perspective. This perspective is beautiful to just be present, to just not take it for granted. So thank you so much for sharing that. You make me want to go hug my daughter 10 times in the next 10 I know, seconds. me too. I was like, yo, linda, vengan y no me pelan ahorita. <laughs> right? You're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take back whatever regaño les di hace ratito because it's like we have to be present and grateful. So with that in mind and other moms and other parents and other women, what's your advice for women going through a very similar situation, listening and hearing their story in, in your story? What's your advice for those women? I would say... Surround yourself with people, not just women, people that love you, that are going to give you that calmness, that uh, sense of hope, right? So that you don't, like, don't be alone. Like, have that support network. Have a support system. Like, have people be close to you and love you. That's beautiful. Don't go at it alone. Don't isolate yourself. I love that you also said men and women. Both, right? They both need the support. It's not just the women going through it. I said advice for the women. There's husbands going through it. Nicolas was going through this with you. And the process belongs to the both of you. So surround yourself by folks that can truly support you and help you. And if it means that you have to like put the santo backwards and get la sobala or whatever it means in your processes, like hopefully it's all supportive at the end of the day. So you've shared a lot today. We're so, so grateful. We threw a curveball. Folks probably thought our really good friend teacher here was going to talk about education, but instead she's really opened up and been really vulnerable and honest about motherhood and the challenges there. So we're going to give them a chance later to, you know, send us questions and ask you more about your journey. If there's something we didn't answer, something they want to know more about. Thank you so much for having like your medical history in front of you. Our listeners don't know that, that you are pulling out charts. And if you hear the shuffling of the paper and the pen, it's because she wanted to be ready and wanted to give you the accurate terms, which I really appreciated. And I know I learned something new, but we want to ask you a question that could be about anything, not necessarily teaching, not necessarily challenges, but it's what we ask all of our guests. And that question is, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? I would tell my 25-year-old self to allow love to come into your life. And by that, I mean self-love, like, quiérete, mujer, quiérete. 
Um, by that, I mean love of your friends, like allow friendships to come into your life. Um, build relationships because ultimately what I learned as, you know, I, I went through life is that relationships make me happy. So allow that love to come into your life. That is beautiful. That is really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that today. And like I said, we want to give our listeners a chance to maybe connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. If you want to share it, you don't have to. They can come to us with other questions and we'll share how. But if you want to give, you know, an Instagram handle or your personal email or even just a site that you found was supportive, anything you want to share right now, we want to give you the airspace to do that. And I, I would just say, you know, reach out to the girls um, and then whatever questions, whether it's for your educational career, TFA, or just some infertility questions. Because sometimes it's not easy to go and just ask a random person like, hey, what did your doctor say? What kind of test was this? Um, so yeah, go ahead and reach out to the girls. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So to reach out to us, you can always email us. Our email is admin at leveluplatina.com. You can send us an IG message, a Facebook message. Our handle is at leveluplatina. You can also find us on Twitter. It's at latina underscore up on Twitter. Yeah, but no question is off limits. Please reach out to us. Ask us anything. Teach for America, education, UCSB, crazy wild days. If you want to know more about Ceci, Emily's got the dirt for the first two years. If you want to talk about <laughs> infertility, we can do that too. Yeah, it is sunset, middle of the night. Uh, oh my God. Yes. Hay muchos chismes. Hay muchos chismes que contar. We loved having you. You said you were nervous. No se nota. You're great. You're relaxed. You're a speaker. You are incredible. I don't even know what you must look like truly nervous you can't be nervous you were incredible you did incredible forge but, a locus um, of control this is the tip of the day <laughs> what is it say it again forge a locus of control okay there you fake go fake it till I, you make it right fake it till you make it fake it till you make it that's always a good one so fake it till you make it you have faked me out that's for sure thank you mujeres for being here hug your little ones hug your babies thank you emily for sharing your story thank, Beautiful you. Story. thank you i love you girls <laughs> And we love you, we little love you girl. Too. Give her some hugs for from us because she was the indirect star of our show today. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Las queremos. Se cuidan. Se cuidan. Thank you, Emily, so much. Bye.